As Jean said, welcome to every nation, Marie. We are a church, or we are part of a family of a church that is located currently in 81 nations. And, and, and we are in 81 nations because we love the Word of God. It's not because we want to prove something. It's not because we, you know, it's not because of anything else. We are in 81 nations and growing because of our love for God. And for us to love God, we, we, we need to know more about Him. And who among you would like to get married with someone, with a stranger? Right? Only me? Right? But, but yes, if we want to love God, we want to know Him more. And that's the reason why I like this new series that we are starting entitled Abide. And Abide is actually a six-week series. It's a six-week series that dives into the Word of God, specifically in the book of John. Now, John is actually uh, the last of the four Gospels, right? It's the last that was written. And I'm so happy that he in John, the theme is, it's about Christ. It's about Him being a witness. And, and like I said earlier, this series is really very timely for us. Like, like what you see right now, we're supposed to be about 60, 70, or 80 people, but because of COVID-19, we have to reduce that to 30 people. But we do have people on Facebook later who will be who will be joining us although we wish them to be here right now abide is such a wonderful series because of the, of the things that are happening around us of family members are getting sick Hey, family members are getting sick. We jobs will we, we fear that jobs will be affected. We fear that the economy might be affected again. Everything else actually might fall away. Even the seats that you are sitting on right now that might fall away. But there is one thing that will remain, and that is the word of God. I love how the Bible, you know, I love the series. Abide because of how the Bible also defines what is abide. And the Bible defines abide um, with, in, in two words. It's either to stay or remain. Right? To stay or remain. But I... But I actually am more inclined to the biblical definition of abide, which is to remain. Why is that? Because to stay, hey, to stay once everything, once things get uncomfortable, diba? once things get uncomfortable, we leave. To stay is like that. Sometimes, thank you so much, Anthony. I will not yet cry, but later. Right? To stay is actually, um, yeah, when, when things become uncomfortable, Sometimes it's just easy for us to leave, isn't it? When, when in the morning, when we open, we read our Bibles, and, and it's more comfortable to sleep because it's cold. We'd rather stay in bed for 30 more minutes than actually to go out or to sit down, have our coffee, and spend time with God. Why? Because it's uncomfortable. 
When it's uncomfortable, the first thing that gets thrown out of the window is the Word. It's God, isn't it? We get so busy. We get other, we suddenly get other priorities that we just put God aside. And that's the reason why I like the definition to remain. And why is that? Because to remain means to stay with intense force. And how do we picture that? I don't know the translation, but you know the word gigil? When BBC actually made a study on what the word giggle means, it's, it's, it's to hold on to a cute child so hard that, you know, you make giggle, right? You really hold on. And, and that's the biblical definition of the word abide. That even when things get rough, even when things get tough, we choose to remain in God's Word. Even when it gets uncomfortable, even if we get offended by God's Word, we choose to stay in God's Word. And the only way we can choose to stay in God's Word, the only way that we can choose to abide in His Word, is if we know who He really is. That the Word is not just a book. That the Word is not just a text. But the Word is living and active. Say that with me. Living and active. Why? Because the Word is a person. Sometimes we, 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 we approach the book as if we're approaching a textbook. We approach the Word rather as if we're approaching a textbook, isn't it? When we have a life problem, that we go to the Bible to find the solution so that when the, the problem is already solved, we leave the Word. We have the tendency to cram. Who likes cramming here? I do. I wake up at 2 a.m. in the morning and study like crazy for my exam that day. But, but we have this tendency to cram. We have this tendency to study because we have an exam. But when the exam is over, we forget everything that we've just studied. When we approach the Word, sometimes we have the tendency to do that, isn't it? Ako lang Is it just me? We also have the tendency to approach God's Word as if it was a newspaper. That we just take the newspaper and read the highlights and that's enough. We take the newspaper and see, okay, this is the number of cases this day, this is the number of cases that day. We take the newspaper and see what's happening all over the world. But once we, after we read the newspaper, the, use, the information is useful, once we read the newspaper, we just throw it away. Have you ever approached the Bible that way? Have you ever approached the Bible that way? I am here to tell you today that sometimes we, fall, we also fall into a trap of using the Word of God to accomplish a purpose rather than finding a place of intimacy with Him. We read the Bible because we want to you know, reach a certain spiritual quota. That I've read two chapters today and that's enough. 
I read another two chapters on the way to work. That's enough. Sometimes we approach the Word of God as a... Uh, we, 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 we fall into the trap of, of reading God's Word because we want to accomplish something, but we miss something so great. And what's that? We miss a time of intimacy with the Lord. Let's not treat the Word of God as a newspaper or a book. Rather, let's treat the Word of God as a love letter. Have you ever received a love letter? I don't know, maybe from your parents, from your crush, or have you ever sent a love letter? Ako lang ba nakatanggap ng love Is it just me who just received, who received a love letter? Who among you received a love letter? Raise your hands. Oh, pinadala kita. Raise your hands. Come on. Who among you received a love letter? Kaya hindi mo pinadala si Marikris. Marikris, hindi, hindi mo binigyan si Kuya. Ikakasal ko ulit kayo mamaya. Di ba? Who among you are ex- is excited to wake up in the morning because your crush might have sent a text message while you were sleeping? Who among you? Who among you are excited in the morning? No? Or in, 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 during lunchtime even, you even have an alarm and you're like, Be, kumain ka na ba? Ano ulam? What's, what's, your, what's your Ryan? What's your ulam? You know? Siri, nakangiti, nakamas, pero I can see his smiling behind the mask. Isn't it when we receive or when we when we read a love letter, there is a sense of anticipation, di ba? When we when we're opening the envelope, you ganyan, you When we're opening the envelope, there's a, an excitement, an eagerness. Can you still remember that? The sad truth really is that because we got so used to it, we got too busy, or we get intimidated, we now approach the Word of God as a textbook or a newspaper rather than a love letter. When I read my wife's love letter before, I was I'm imagining if, if when she was writing this, was she smiling? When she was writing this, what was she thinking? When you read the Bible, do you imagine God speaking to you? Looking at you in the eye and saying, Son, daughter, this is my blessing for you this day. When my wife sends me a love letter, it would reminate, it would it would marinate in my head. I would go over it, over and over it in my head. Sometimes my friends would see. Why are you smiling? You know? You're smiling and, and there's nothing funny because you were thinking about how the, one, the love of your life is thinking about you and speaking to you through that letter. My prayer today is this. That as we start Abide and in the next six weeks, we will start to fall in love with the Word again and again and again. And today we will look at, you know, today we will look at who this living Word is. 
And I pray that we fall in love with Him more. It's just a few verses, but it speaks a lot about who the Word is. And I pray this morning that we discover Him and we fall in love with Him again. Amen. Let's open your Bibles to John chapter 1. Um, I'm, I, I'd like to read from my Bible, but I have an eye problem. I don't know. So open our Bibles to John chapter 1. I'll, I'll be reading from chap, uh, verse 1 to 5, and then I'll jump to 9 to 14, and then I'll jump again to 16 to 18. I'd like to finish the preaching in 45 minutes. Because we're fasting. I know all of us are hungry. Alright, so let's open our Bibles to the book of John, chapter 1. And I'll be reading from verses 1 to 5, 9 to 14, and 16 to 18. Alright, why don't we stand up in reverence of the Word? Are you there? Read it with me. Lord, we thank you. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him, without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen, Lord. Verse 9, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave Right? right? He gave, not earned, the right to become, say it with me, children of God, who was born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he, and we have seen his glory, glorious of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16, for from His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen, the, seen God, the only God who is, the Father, who is at the Father's side. He has made Him known. Let's all, let's all bow it. Father, we thank You. We thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, Lord God, for gathering us in, your, in this place. We thank you, Lord God, for open hearts and open minds, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that the word today, Lord God, is not just going to be going to be an inspiration. It's not just going to be a way of life, Lord. But Father, I pray that this word, Lord God, will be etched in our hearts, Lord, so that, Lord, we may live it as a demonstration of your goodness and of your faithfulness to your children. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Right. Right. So, the Gospel of John is probably, like what I said earlier, the last of four written Gospels, uh, and it is written with a very specific purpose. Right. It's the last, it's the last, 
gospel that has ever written and it's been written for a very specific purpose. And what is, this, is that purpose? The purpose is this. Listen to this. Hold on to your seats. The purpose is so that we may believe. And I pray that as we go through the text today, it's just a short text, I pray that through the word today, that we may believe. That we may fall in love with Him again. And I think uh, that's the very reason why the first part of John, right, John chapter 1, and I'm so excited about this, uh, the first book, because when we were reading the text, I was thinking to myself, Lord, how will I preach this? How will I preach this? But when, when, when I was reading and reading the Word, I realized that the first part, the chapter 1, is not just an introduction. Again, the purpose is so that we may believe, and chapter 1 is not just an introduction. Chapter 1 is actually a summary of the entire book of John. Isn't that amazing? Now, I am tempted to preach the series for the next six weeks right now. But I'm trying to hold myself because, you know, the, the word really this morning is really, really exciting. And then, I, I don't know, I don't see excitement in your eyes, but bear with me. And like what I said earlier, I would like to submit to you that the reason why we abide in the word of God is because of a person that loves us. Is it because a person that has written and demonstrated a love letter for us and that person is no other than Jesus Christ Himself? Jesus Christ Himself. We abide, we abide in the Word because of who Jesus is. But who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Jesus is God. And we can clearly see that in verse 1. Where it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now when we come across the word in the beginning, what's the first thing that comes out of your mind? Right? Every year we start reading our Bibles again. So <laughs> we start with Genesis, right? So in the beginning, when you read the word in the beginning, what comes into your mind is the word in Genesis when God created the world. In the beginning. What I'm trying to say is this we are introduced to someone who is neither created nor has an end. Because before everything is created, in the beginning, He was already existing. He was already with God. He was in creation with God. We are introduced to a being who is eternal. He has no beginning and end. And this verse alone, we can clearly see why. Why we see God? Right? Because He was there before anything ends. Because He created everything that we see or feel. Because He invented what? He invented, listen to this, He invented beginning itself. Who invented beginning? Tell me. Parang Acts 22 yan, what, did, what, what came first, the chicken or the egg? The chicken, I think. 
Yeah, because sometimes I'm scared, so I'm chicken. Uh, but it's a catch-22. Right? But, but the truth is this. Who came first, the chicken or the egg? Neither of them. It was Jesus who came first because He was there in the time of creation. He was there in the beginning. And when you look at this verse, when you really look at it, what, did, what does it say? It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We abide because the Word is God. I'm trying to make, you know, to submit to you the reason why we abide today. Right? Who is this God? God is unique. There is no one else like Him. There is no one else like God. God is omnipotent and omnipresent. He is infinite. Omnipotent. He is everywhere. He is all-powerful. He's, 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 he's unlimited. That's who God is. This is the person we want to cling on to and abide. God is eternal. God will always be there. God will always exist. God was and will always will be. He knows the stars by name. He created the stars by name. And yet, this amazing God is personal. This is the God that we serve. He is omnipotent, omnipresent. He, he is wise. He, is, he has invented the beginning. And yet, He knows the number of your hair. He knows what you did last summer. Even the summer before that. He is personal. We abide in the Word because He is God. And if that is not enough reason for you, we abide in Him because He is Creator. He is the one who created everything. And I want to I want you to hold on that. Later we will come back to Him being a Creator. But verse three says this: All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. another God that is a creator. Can you name another God that is a creator? There's no other God that can create except the Word. He is the creator. The Word created all the things that were created. And if that is not enough, I also want to, so He is God, He is Creator, He is also the source of life. Verse 4, it it says in verse 4, In Him was life. The Word is the source of life. And it's not just biological life, even our quality of life. This is the God that we abide, we choose to abide in. It's not just the biological life, but even the essence of life. 
And He did not just create life and gave life, He also maintains life. That's the reason why you're sitting here right now. Because you're alive and He has maintained your health. That's the reason why you have good forms. Because He maintains, He blesses you. That's the reason why we can give. Because He doesn't only give life, He also maintains life. This is the God that we serve. He is also light. Hey, verse 5, the light shines in the darkness. Or sorry, verse 4, right? In Him was life and life was the light of man. And then, one of the devotions that really struck me this week was, I think, the devotion on the second or the third day when it talked about light. Psalms 119.105 says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Have you ever tried waking up in the night when all the lights are off? Right? You can walk and you can step. You can actually walk in the dark. But the question is, do you know where your feet is stepping on or what your feet is stepping on? You can walk in the dark, but do you know the direction you're going to? That verse or that devotion struck me because yes, although we can walk in the dark without the light, we don't know the direction that we will take and we don't know where our feet will land. With the light, with the help of the light, we actually walk according to God's will. We abide. Isn't that amazing? That He is not only Creator, He is not only God, He doesn't only give us life, but He is also light, and that light helps us abide in Him and live a life that is righteous. Live a life that is honoring God. He is light. He is the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He is also victorious. He is victorious. We are not following a defeated God. We are following a victorious God. Amazing. If that's not enough to convince you to abide in Him, well, I can't blame you. Even the people in His day and time, you know what? They rejected Him. This God, who created the universe, came into the world, came to His people, and yet the people rejected Him. And we can see that in the next verse. Verse 9. It says here, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He 
he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. And this was really strange. This was really, really strange. And the reason why this is strange is that who created the world? The word. Hey, who created the world? The word. And the strange part is this, that even if he created the world, the world did not know him. It's saying that, you know, I created my daughter, just an example, and yet my daughter does not know me. I created a robot, and yet that robot doesn't know me. It's strange why the creation did not know the Creator. It's strange. And the reason behind that is because we have fallen so far away from God. The reason why we cannot recognize the Creator is because we have fallen too deep into darkness to recognize the light. We have fallen too far from God that we no longer recognize Him. And that's why He was rejected by the whole creation. But He wasn't just rejected by His own creation. He was also rejected by His people. His people who were supposed to know Him. His people who were supposed to proclaim Him. His people who were supposed to recognize Him and praise Him. He was also rejected by them. How many times have we rejected God? How many times did we allow God to take the back seat when He was supposed to be the one driving? Have we fallen so far away that we don't recognize Him? You see, apart from God, we are dead and in the darkness. And the sad part is this. We are dead and in the darkness, but we enjoy it. We have fun in the dark. I don't know if you've been in clubs, but I have yet to see a club that is bright. We have fallen so far away. Creation has fallen so far away from God that it doesn't know, it does no longer recognize Him. Question is this How can you abide in the word, or how can I abide in someone to someone who you don't recognize? And yet, God is so good and is so loving and is so faithful that despite the rejection, guess what? He still decided to come, He still decided to dwell in us. And in verse 12, he gives us hope. He says here, But to all who did receive him, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the flesh, nor, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, who were born 
not because of good works who were born, not because of the donations who were born, not because of good deeds, but they were born of God. The God that we serve, the Word that we abide, guess what? He is also our Redeemer. That despite being fallen, despite being broken, despite rejecting Him and rebelling, He chose to pursue us. We're not really the ones pursuing God. He's the one pursuing us. It says here, verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And through Him we have seen His glory, glory as of the the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And this is John's most startling statement so far. When he was presenting this to the Jews and the Greeks, the Greeks were like, wow! And when he was presenting this to the Jews, he said, the Jews said, wow! The Word became flesh! Wow! Because to the Greek, if God became flesh, God is too low. To the Greek, God becoming flesh means that that is only a superhuman. He's not an infinite, He's not fully God, and He's not fully man, but if God became man to the Greeks, He is human. He is like Zeus. He is like Hermes. Okay, not the bag, but the God who is called Hermes. He is like Thor. That's the mindset of the Greek when John said this. And to the Jews, when John said this, they were amazed because to the Jews, you know, God becoming flesh is too high. It's impossible. It's impossible to see the God of the Old Testament becoming flesh and blood. It was impossible for them to, 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 to think about this. And this is, you know, it is impossible for this God to take human form. But I want you to take this with you today when you go home. God has come close to you in Jesus Christ. God has come close to us in Jesus Christ. And He came so close that we no longer run to a temple to worship God. God came to us that where we gather is actually where is the place of worship. We no longer have to stand behind a curtain to experience God because God is with us. Here in our hearts, living, active, forming us every single day, encouraging us to move on, giving us life, giving us courage, giving us boldness. That's the God that we serve and that's the God who I choose to abide. And I don't know about you if that is not enough. But I choose to abide in God because He loves me. 
It says here, verse 16, Through Him, we actually receive grace upon grace. And then, you know, you stay in that verse, grace upon grace. Have you ever thought about that grace upon grace? That whenever this grace is almost finished, He tops it up with more grace. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. We serve a God who is an, who supplies us with an unlimited grace and who has come to us and close to us and lives inside us. He created the world, but He is personal. That's the God we serve. And through Him we have received grace and mercy. Verse 16, For from His fullness we have all received grace upon grace, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came to Jesus Christ. And as I end, right, I'd like to invite the music, music team to stand with me. And as I end, I want to tell you, I want to tell you today that the only response we have to this God we choose to abide in is surrender. That's the only response that I have is to surrender to Him. And if you haven't received Christ as your Lord and Savior yet, if you haven't received Christ as your Lord and Savior yet, I'd like to invite you to do that today with me. Through Him, we have received grace and mercy. God the God we serve the word that we abide in is God He is the creator He is the source of life He is light He is victorious He came He gives us hope He is our Savior and He also reveals God us. He reveals God to us. Verse 18, No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is the Father, who is at the Father's side. He has made Him known. Scholars say that verse 18 is actually a verse that has no end. It's not ended. Verse 18 is actually an invitation to come and know God through Christ. And from verse 19 to the end of John, John reveals to us who Christ is. My prayer is this, that all of us will see God through Christ. 
And despite anything that will happen, despite trials, tribulation, we will choose to abide in Him.